0: How good was that mayhem? That was fun. Uh, earlier this week, I said to Sally, let's do something a bit crazy. Let's do this game. where We'll put kids on mattresses and make them crowd surfing. It'll be a good idea. And we all thought it was a good idea. Um, and I was like, we've got to find the, the smallest kids in the room, put them on the mattresses because they'll be easy to hold. And so in my group... I watched one, like, year seven kid go down and then another year seven kid go up. And I'm like, we're killing this. It's safe. It's all in control. Look up. See, like, a year 11 guy just, like, coming down the crowd at me. It's like, not what we planned, Sally. But uh, it was fun anyway. And we won. So there you go. Yeah. Hey, um, my name's Jono. Oh, nice to meet you. As if I haven't, I'm going to talk to us for a few minutes tonight. It's going to be some big stuff. Now what are the things that make you not want to be a Christian? What are the things that make people want to run the other way from Jesus? What are the barriers that people might have to believing in Jesus? I wonder if you had to make a list of all the things that you thought would keep people away from Jesus, what do you reckon you'd put on it? I don't want to be a Christian because I believe in science... I don't want to be a Christian because there's no proof. I don't want to be a Christian because I don't believe in fairy tales. And really, what's the point? There's a lot of things you could say there. What are the barriers to belief? That's the question we're going to look at tonight. And as we do that, we're going to do two things, actually. We're going to think about what are the things that would, would keep you from believing. And then we're secondly going to think are those good reasons? Are they good enough reasons? Now, before we do that, guys, I want to pray. I want to pray because tonight is going to be a big deal for every single person in this room. All of you tonight are going to make a decision and it's going to be this decision. Am I going to be someone who is going to be a follower of Jesus or am I going to be someone who's going to reject Jesus? And even if all you do tonight is if you sit in that chair and ignore what's going on and look at your phone you'll still be making a decision tonight. You'll be making a decision to reject Jesus. And so tonight really is a big deal for every single person in this room. Now, you might not believe in God at all. Uh, You might think that praying to God is as good as talking to yourself. But if there is a God, if there really is a God, and He made this world and He rules this world, then He's a God who can do big things. He's a God who can change lives and so I believe in that God and I want to pray to him tonight and so I'd ask you to consider joining me for that. So let's pray. God, many of us here tonight are in all sorts of different situations. Some of us are convinced that you're not there. Some of us are confused. Some of us know that you're real and yet we're not sure that we want to pay the price of following you. And Lord, some of us know what it is to have true hope in Jesus. But Lord, wherever we're at, we pray pray that tonight you'd be gracious. We pray that you'd reveal yourself to us as we open your words in the Bible and see what it says. I I pray that you'd speak to all of us. I pray that you'd open up your words so that we can see that you're good and that you can be trusted. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what's the first big reason why people wouldn't want to be Christian? Well, for some people, it really is as simple as this. Some people think there's just no evidence. That's what lots of people would say. Now, the good news is, guys, in my opinion, this is actually a really easy barrier to address. Super easy because, plain and simple, there's stacks of evidence. There's heaps of it. The only reason that you could be someone who could go through life saying, there is no evidence for Jesus, the only reason you could do that, is if you're someone who never bothered to check for yourself. That's the only way you could make that claim. Because if you see for yourself, if you go and dig, if you go and have a look, you'll see that there's stacks of evidence. Now, we watched a video earlier in the night, and and again and again, it talked about how Jesus' life, His death, His resurrection was public it was in front of people, it was a testable claim. Have a look up on the screens and what our our Bible reading says. Here's what Jesus did, verse 3, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. So there's what He did, but listen to this, notice that it was public, look at verse 5, and after that he appeared to Cephas and, up, and, and then the Twelve and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, as he writes this, though some have fallen asleep, which means they're dead. And then he appeared to James, the brother of Jesus, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me as one abnormally born. Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection was a public thing. Everybody knew that Jesus had died. No one was at all worried that he, he was dead. They knew it. He was in the ground and then he was alive and he was hanging out with people, sometimes hundreds of people at once, which means you can test this claim. Now, imagine I said this to you. Imagine I came up and you said, guess what? God appeared to me in a dream. It was good and God said to me in a dream, "Jono, you're going to play in the NBA. Now, if I said that, You might be pretty sus if you just look at me, right? But you can't prove or disprove that I had that dream. You might debate whether I'm ever going to end up in the NBA, but you can't prove or disprove that I had that dream. But what about this? What about if I come up to you and I say, guess what? God appeared to me in a dream and He said I'm going to be in the NBA... And I started last week, I actually played my first game with the Warriors today, it was really good, scored a bunch of points and Geordie was there and Ben was there and you can, 500 people were all there watching, you can check it out, go ask the witnesses. That's a different thing. Still pretty unlikely that I'm telling the truth but you can test it. You can test Christianity. You can examine its claims because its events are public. Now I want to just spend a little bit of time right now looking at some of the evidence for Christianity right now. I've got a video that we'll play in just a second. This video is full of three pieces of evidence for Christianity and it's not by any means all the evidence there is but it's as much as you can fit into a five-minute video. The video is really good but I've got to warn you, the person narrating it sounds like someone from Downton Abbey and it's like nails on a chalkboard. So apart from that lady's voice, this video is heaps helpful. Check out the screens. Look at three pieces of evidence. There you go, there's just three quick pieces of evidence there. So, first of all, Christianity took the world by storm within a few decades of Jesus' life and death. Now, people say, oh, it's just an urban legend or whatever. That doesn't happen in 10, 20, 30 years. You don't just have an urban legend pop up like that. Secondly, martyrs make lousy liars. Liars make lousy martyrs. Um, the, The people who claimed that they saw Jesus rise from the dead went to their deaths for that lie that Jesus had risen and finally he even managed to convince his own brother and a guy who has gone about persecuting Christians that Jesus had risen from the dead because he appeared to them there's just three small pieces of evidence now there's heaps more that you could do if you still got questions go for it dig in there's some books here tonight that I'd love to give you if you want to wrestle with that evidence question. This book's called The Case for Easter. It's written by a guy who's a journalist who was an atheist and he set out to disprove Christianity because he didn't like it and so he dug into the evidence for himself and turns out he got persuaded by the evidence and is now a Christian and so he started writing books like this. We'll give you one of them if you want to get it, come and talk to us. The third thing you could do is you can come to come along to Jesus Uncut Um, And just throw your questions at us, listen to some of the evidence there, and then ask your questions. Hey, what about this? What about that? Throw around your ideas. There's heaps of evidence for Christianity. It's the world's most testable religion. And when you test it, it stands up against the test because there's so much evidence. Now, here's the thing, guys, I don't actually think that this barrier is actually that big a deal. I think sometimes people like to hold up that and say, oh, there's no evidence, there's no proof, I can't believe it, it's just silly. But really, I think it's just a thing that people like to kind of hide behind. There's no evidence who would believe in a God anyway. Jesus, kind of leave me alone, you're a nuisance. I don't think that's the big problem. You know that only 22% of Australians would say that they think there's no God out there? Only 22%. 59% of Australians say that they believe in the God of the Bible and I think within that group of people there's lots of people confused about who God really is but 59% of us think that the God of the Bible is God. I don't think the big issue is that there's no evidence, I think there's something bigger going on and that brings us to our second barrier tonight, here it is. Lots of people think that Jesus will ruin their freedom. See, Jesus' claim is that he actually comes not just as your saviour, but as your king. Jesus claims to be your God who must rule your life. And so the response to Jesus must be that we've got to hand our whole lives over to him. Jesus says, you want to follow me, you've got to give me everything. Lay your whole life down before me. There's no evidence. Well, that's easy. There's evidence. Jesus is your king who's going to run your whole life it's not such an easy thing. I think that's where the real trouble starts. I remember sitting up sitting late up not sitting up late at night in a car with an old friend of mine. This is long enough ago that I had hair, all right? It was a long time ago and I'm there with my friend. I'll call him Will, that's not his real name and we're sitting there and we're talking and Will had grown up with Christianity and Will turns to me and he says, I don't think I want to be a Christian anymore. I was like, okay, well, That's a big deal. Tell me about that. You know, uh, have you got doubts about Jesus? Do you not think it's true anymore? What's happened for you? Why are you saying this? And he said, no, no, all that, I know about Jesus. I know there's evidence. I know that he is who he, I know he's God. That's not a problem. I don't want to be a Christian because I don't want someone else running my life. He ended up saying that night, I'd rather go to hell than have someone else run my life for me. I want to live my life now how I want to live it. I want to have fun now. Basically, Will was saying, Jesus will spoil my freedom. See, I think for many of us, we know that God's there. We know about Jesus. But we look at Jesus and we see what He has to offer and we see the claim He has on our life. And then we look at the world and what it's doing and the fun that it's having and we go, I don't want Jesus, I want this. I know this is true, but I want what the world's offering over here. I don't want to miss out on the fun. Jesus is going to ruin my fun. But guys, here's the crazy thing that I really want you all to get tonight. So listen up. If you're someone who's free from Jesus, without God in your life, really, how free are you? How free are you? So have a look up on the screen here and see what Jesus says about life without God, a life of sin. Have a look up there. He says, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. See, we look at all the fun that people are having, the drinking, the party, the sex and... And we we, we kind of have this God who's watching us and he's going to judge us for what we do and all the fun we have. And we say, man, those people over there who are having all the fun, that looks so good. It looks so free. And Jesus sees that and he says, it's slavery. They're slaves to sin. Now, why does Jesus call sin slavery? Why does he do that? Let's think about some examples for a second. Let's think about drinking, getting drunk. Let's have a little bit of a think about that. On the surface, it looks pretty fun, right? People get drunk, they have a bunch of stuff to drink um, and they start laughing heaps and the party is really funny and then people start to do crazy stuff. Kind of bad stuff, but kind of the bad stuff that's pretty fun to talk about later on on Monday, right? And so it looks pretty good. On the surface, it looks like lots of fun. But if you dig a little bit deeper, is it freedom? How many times, for those of you who kind of, this is your stage where you're up to, how many of you have got that friend who you've heard say, on Friday night, they're drunk, they're laughing, they're doing whatever, and then on Monday, they say, man, I'm never going to drink again. I've got to stop. I'm going to stop. That's it. No more drinking for me. What are they doing in two weeks' time? They're drinking. (laughs) You know that friend. Maybe you're that person here tonight. That could be you here tonight. See, it seems like fun... But the problem is, when you try to stop, it isn't that easy. And when you do start to stop, what you'll find is you can't even have fun anymore without drinking. Life's pretty boring, really, unless you have a few beers. You can't have fun without it anymore. Now, for some of us, this problem's even more obvious. Some of you have got parents, maybe your brother or sister, most likely it's your parents, who, who are alcoholics. A bunch of you do. I know that's the case. And for you, it's pretty obvious that drunkenness is pretty much the opposite of freedom. Because you're seeing your parents wreck their lives. In fact, it's probably wrecking your life as well. And even when it costs them all of that, they still won't stop. Because they're not free, they're slaves. It's slavery. Give you another example. Let's think about porn. Now, I realize that for a bunch of you, porn is a big deal for a whole bunch of reasons, right? But I think for people who are trying to live the Christian life, often this can feel like a really annoying thing. Wouldn't it be nicer? Wouldn't it be better if you could just stop feeling guilty about this? and just enjoy this thing for once. You know, maybe for you the idea of freedom is the idea of being able to look at whatever you want whenever you want with the click of a button and not having to worry about who's going to find out and who's going to make you feel guilty and whether there's a god who's angry at you for it. Maybe that sounds like freedom to you. And maybe you're someone who's living that life, living it up, freedom, but have you ever tried to stop? Seriously, have you ever tried to stop? It's like someone could be locked up in a jail and they never know they were locked in unless they go over to the door and check that they're actually locked in and the bars are keeping them in. What would happen if you went, you know what, next month I'm just not going to look at porn at all. I'm just going to give it up. I'm just going to stop. I'm serious. Give it a go. I double dare you. Just stop and see how free you are. See, you're not the one who's in control of what you'll watch, when you watch, whatever you want to do. Porn is in control of you. And it's got a terrible grip on your life. If you're someone who's been messing around with that stuff for a while, what you'll actually find is it starts to mess with how you think. And you can't actually think about other guys and girls normally around you. You'll find it starts to mess with that. And you don't see the people around you anymore as humans. You see them as objects for your pleasure. It's not freedom... It's slavery. Life without God in charge, it seems like freedom. It can sound really nice in theory. When you look at it from the outside, you might go, that looks pretty good, but it's slavery. And instead of having a good God in charge of your life, what you end up with is you end up with a much worse master, sin. So imagine this for a second. Imagine you've got a goldfish in a little bowl. Let's call this goldfish. Swim Shady, okay, if you're on summer nights. If you're in years 10 to 12, you get that. We had a goldfish, he died. You could call him James Pond as well because our goldfish died. There you go. Okay, you've got Swim Shady, right? You've got to stay with me. You've got to be able to get past the Swim Shady thing. Swim Shady, he's in his little bowl. And if he's honest with you, life in that bowl is safe, but it's kind of boring. There's not much that room to explore. You know, it's kind of nice and cosy. The pH level is just right. But what are you going to do in a bowl that big, Right? That's Swim Shady. Now imagine you grab Swim Shady and you put him next to an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And before him are all the beautiful blue waters of an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And there's so much space. And all day long, Swim Shady looks out into that pool and he's like, man, there's so much water there and it looks so blue. And if I was in that pool, I could swim right and I could swim left. I could swim up and I could swim down. And it would be so good. And he's watching this Olympic swimming pool going, there's freedom out behind these glass walls. Here's the other detail though, that Olympic swimming pool is filled with enough chlorine to kill any like baby pea, any bacteria, any goldfish that would ever dare to enter that Olympic swimming pool. But Swim Shady looks out and he goes, it looks good, it looks free, the waters are so open, that's where I want to go and so he goes for it, he makes his move for freedom and he jumps out of the little bowl and he lands Splosh in the Olympic pool, and you can kind of hear the music from Free Willy playing probably in the background. And and Swim Shady's going for it, and he's swimming right, and he's swimming left, and he's swimming up, and he's swimming down. And then he's belly up, dead, from chlorine poisoning. Heavy days. That's the true story of Swim Shady. Sin looks like freedom, but when you dive in, it's poison it's slavery. That's the truth. That's Jesus' words. Now, where does that truth leave us tonight? Well, I reckon if you've actually heard it for what it is, if you've actually heard what the Bible's saying already, it should leave you feeling pretty lousy, pretty guilty, perhaps, if you're honest with yourself, maybe even just those two examples of porn and drinking, maybe that's enough to feel you, make you feel pretty guilty. Um, maybe it's not those things for you, maybe it's something entirely different. Maybe you look at your life and you see the things that you've done to others around you, the friends, the family you've hurt, that message you shouldn't have sent, those words you shouldn't have said, those lies you shouldn't have told, that gossip you shouldn't have done. Not to mention the God we've been living our lives ignoring. The God who was good enough to make us and give us life and breath and everything and we turned to Him and said, I don't want you because you'll ruin my freedom. And so we spend our lives with our backs turned on the God who made us. Instead of serving Him, we become slaves to sin. That's heavy. But it takes us to our third and last barrier tonight, so check this out. Some people, as they think about, can I be a Christian, they think this, I'm too far gone anyway. See, maybe you know that God's there. Maybe you know there's plenty of evidence and you've worked out by now, because you've spent enough time there, that sin really isn't that fun. It's not freedom, it's starting to feel more like slavery. You know, it's not going to make you happy but your life is just a mess. You've made so many mistakes, you've done so many dumb things... And so what's the point? Why bother with this whole Christian stuff anyway? You know you've stuffed up. You know you've made a big mess of your life. So why bother at all? Why not just make the most and enjoy what you can? Some people feel like they're too far gone. Well, guys, for you, there's one more huge thing that I want you to see in the Bible tonight because this is massive. Here it is. How good you are has nothing to do with it. Check out this verse up on the screen. Check it out. It says, God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Did you catch that? Seriously, you've got to hear this. This is crazy. Going to heaven, being right with God, is not about how good you are. It's not about what you do. God has stepped in and he's done something for us. He's done something about it. Let me see if I can make this clear for us cuz guys this is huge news and I want you to get it. All right, we've got us over here. We got that's us. You've got Jesus over here. Now the Bible says that Jesus never sinned. Passage right there. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So here's Jesus, perfect track record before God. And what you've got over here is you've got us. And all of us, sure, we start with a clean slate before God, but pretty quickly we start to mess things up. And so we tell a little lie to our parents. Oh, devil. there it is. We tell a little lie to our parents. And then we, we smash people on the net. And then we, we look at a bunch of porn and then we become addicted to porn, and so that keeps going, and then we get drunk a bunch of times, and then we hook up with a bunch of people while we're drunk, and then biggest of all, we spend our lives, our lives ignoring the God who made us, and so our lives are stained with this record of sin. We're full of sin. But that verse says something else as well, because it says that Jesus came and He did something about it. The one who'd never sinned, the one who's got a perfect record, it says He became sin for us. And so what the Bible's actually saying is that Jesus swapped places with us and He took our sin to the cross. And so the record of all the stuff we did is actually paid for on the cross, And so your lies, your gossip, your lust, your hatred goes to the cross with Jesus and it dies there. It's paid for. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us. Now friends, that is good news just on its own, because that is incredible. But the passage actually says something else. Because not only does Jesus take our record of sin to the cross and die with it, it says that... In Him, we might become the righteousness of God. And so Jesus gives us His perfect spotless record. And so what that means, guys, catch this. What that means is that when God looks at your life, even now, if you're in Jesus, if your trust is in Him, He doesn't see the sin that Jesus paid for and went to the cross for. He sees Jesus's perfect record. He looks at your life and in spite of all the sin and all the mess and all the things you've done... He looks and he sees Jesus' record. That is really good news. That's what Christianity is about. That's what you're doing if you become a Christian. It's not about how good you are. It's about what Jesus has done. It's the best news in the world. And so here's the question. Have you taken up Jesus' offer to swap places with you? have you done that? Tonight we've looked at a bunch of barriers to belief, reasons you might have for holding off becoming a Christian. There's no evidence, you say. Jesus says, there's plenty, come and check it out for yourself. You'll spoil my freedom, you say. Jesus says, sin is slavery, I'm the one who sets you free. I'm too far gone. I've messed up too many times, I've done too much stuff. Jesus says, it's not about what you've done. It's about what I've done on the cross. I've taken your place and so come to me and have your sin washed away. So I'll ask you again, what's stopping you? Is there any reason good enough to keep you from coming to Jesus? Now, I've covered a bunch of possible blockages you might have. Um, There might be other things. You might have other reasons, other barriers that you've put up, but whatever they are, I'll say this. I can't speak to all of them, but I will say this. If you grab whatever that thing is and you bring it to Jesus and you press in and you look at what the Bible says, Jesus will deal with that blockage as well. There's no barrier you can put up that actually means it's a good enough reason not to come to Jesus, it doesn't exist. The reality is there's no reason good enough to keep you from coming back to him. And so guys, come to him tonight. Put your trust in him tonight. And here's the thing. I know some of you tonight are going to sit here and you're going to laugh at this stuff. Some of you are going to do that. Some of you tonight have been around for a long time and you've heard this stuff and time and time again you've been putting it off. Maybe not tonight. No, I don't want to do it now. I'll, I'll, I'll just hold off. I'll just hold off. Some of you are going to make those mistakes again tonight. Don't you be the one who does that though. Don't you be the one who puts it off again. Don't you be the one who just sits there and shrugs it off and laughs. Make the choice tonight. Now if you want to do that, if you want to become a Christian, you tell God what you're doing. That's how you become a Christian. You turn to God and you say, God, I was trusting in myself, I thought I had to sort myself out, I thought I had to do it on my own. But God, now I'm trusting in Jesus. I trust him as the one who paid for my sin. And I trust him as the king who's come not to spoil my freedom, but to set me free from sin. You put your trust in him.